Welcome to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book, with Susie Chase. She's just a home cook in New York City, sitting at her dining room table, talking to cookbook authors. Uh, my name is Huni Kim, and I'm back with Susie to talk about uh, my life, my restaurants, uh, especially my new book, uh, My Korea, and anything else that has to do with uh, running a, a food business right now uh, in New York. You caught me at a tumultuous time. That's what you said to me when we chatted on April 4th. Now it's five months later. How are you doing? You know, I'm healthy. My family's healthy, which means that we're doing okay. Um, but it's it's still tumultuous. Um, it's been tumultuous for the past six months, so I guess we're used to it. Uh, well, I'm used to it, but it's still not, you know, we're still not doing well. <laughs> so talk about your restaurants a little bit. So you have, for people who don't know, you have Donji right in the middle of the theater district and you have Hanjan um, in the Flatiron district. How are they faring? Most restaurants I know, uh, most chefs I know are really losing money, uh, meaning they're putting in every week. Uh, dipping into their savings to meet payroll, to meet rent. Um, fortunately for me, I have uh, two restaurants, and one of them, Danji, we're only doing outdoor seating, um, outdoor dining, which um, we have five tables, and the revenue that we're generating is about 15% of what we were doing before uh, April. So that's not good. But fortunately, I started the meal kit business or, or service at Hanjan, my other restaurant, a week before we were closed. So this next week is our 26th week of uh, delivering uh, weekly meal kits to uh, many of the families in the tri-state area. Wow. And yeah, for, and you being one of them as well. Yes. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> um, and that does generate enough revenue to make up for all of Hanjin's cost, as well as make up for almost everything that Danji is uh, short on. So fortunately, most weeks I don't have to put in money from my savings. But this past week we did because uh, Labor Day week and a lot of uh, New Yorkers leaving for vacation, visiting relatives and nobody coming in. <laughs> Which is very difficult for New York because we know that during the summers and holidays, a lot of New York leave the city. But we do expect a lot coming in and sometimes even more coming in than leaving during Christmas and New Year's. But since the pandemic, uh, it's always people leaving or and, and nobody coming in. So it's tough. So you started off by selling 10 of your meal kits on the first day. How many are you selling now? Well, we go by weekly. And I think the first week we sold 40 and every week we kept selling more. And by after a month, we were selling out at, a, at 160 meal kits a week. And we had to cap it at that because back then I delivered by myself and I couldn't deliver more than 160 <laughs> in a week. And we were doing that for a while until the schools closed. And then all of my clients uh, sort of, well, I wouldn't say all of them, but a lot of them decided to leave the city. 
because they didn't need to be here. No school, no work. And we were hovering around during the summer, 80 to 100. Past couple of weeks, been a little bit less. And that's why I've, I've had to make up for it. But most of our clients are repeat customers. And hence, we change the menu every week. Well, I don't know how much feedback you get, but I have to tell you that these meal kits have been the bright spot for us during quarantine. And I'm honestly going to cry if I talk too much about it. But having your meal kit come on Fridays was like the one thing my family could look forward to in the middle uh, of the pandemic when we were like on lockdown in our time apartment. I mean, thank you so much. We can't I thank you remember, enough. I still remember dropping off the food on the stairs. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. When I was in New York, I'm in Korea right now. You know, I've been in Korea for the past month. We're, we're experiencing in Korea a little bit of a boost in the infections. And it's not just me. I think a lot of chefs that I know were trying to find ways to um, to make ends meet now. I haven't gotten a paycheck since March. So wow. I had to look beyond my my normal resources, my usual regular resources. So I have an opportunity to come to Korea to do a TV show. So um, I, I jumped at it. Oh, my uh, gosh. So what kind of a TV show? It's like a Top Chef. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> a cooking contest. I'm a judge. And the contestants are foreign chefs, chefs from Italy, Vietnam, Thailand, China, all over the world who... Uh, most of them own restaurants in Korea, and they're competing to uh, win a hundred thousand dollars. So it's a it's a regular paycheck for me, a weekly paycheck, which I haven't had since I had my restaurants. So for four months, I, I have to do this to make sure that I can pay my mortgage and buy my son some clothes for school. So I want to get back to the meal kit because I want to hear what your favorite dish is in the meal kit. And I want to tell you what our favorite dishes are in the meal kit. So I like spicy food. I like food that have uh, an impact on your palate right away. So right before I left, I made this, uh, the, the spicy cold noodle. I don't know if you remember or... Yeah, that's my husband's favorite. Okay, this noodle is spicy, it's tangy, it's uh, sweet, it's salty, it has all of these different tastes that whatever you're into, it'll have. So that was one of the dishes that I was excited to put on the menu right before I left. The spicy noodles is on page 246 in the cookbook. Of my book, yeah. If you're going to buy the book, if you already have the book, you can find that on 246. Now, my favorite is, I need a drum roll, your hot wings. Oh, which one? Because we have several. Okay. Is it the goopy one with the red sauce? Yes, it was the thick, sticky, hot. It hits you, and then it's sweet. It was like super duper sticky. I think you offered it maybe twice, and then it didn't come back. I think you're right. We had it on just twice, two or three times. It's tough when we have just one menu because we first started this meal kit when a lot of my customers couldn't come to the restaurant because they had to stay home with the kids. So a lot of the the menu items, we couldn't do really spicy or really bold. We sort of had to think about the kids who the meal kit was feeding. But we were able to sort of uh, put in these spicy dishes once in a while and then we get complaints. 
like, what do you, what do you, my, my four-year-old can't eat spicy food. <laughs> so it was, <laughs> yeah. that's why it was on and off. But now it's different. Now I think my clientele has changed even um, just because the families with the children have left the cities. And I hope they come back, you know, next week. And and the wings that you like, they will come back, I think, next week it's on the menu. Not the kimchi menu, the week after. Oh, good. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, it made me laugh because on one of the menus, it was like, these wings are not for children or <laughs> something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, anything that's red is spicy in, in Korean food. We don't use ketchup. We don't use tomatoes. So anything that's red is red hot peppers, uh, whether it be in pepper flakes or gochujang, which is a pepper paste. I sometimes forget that some people might not uh, know this fact. You know, after uh, the complaints, we decided to put it in writing. Certain dishes uh, don't feed your kids because <laughs> it is spicy. <laughs> and you can find that recipe on pages 296, 297, and 298. Yeah, that's a danji spicy wing recipe that is actually served at danji right now with our outdoor dining. We'll have to go up there. I'm going to bring napkins with me. (laughs) (laughs) It is so much better when it's straight out of the fryer and the sauce is sort of uh, just put on. There's that textural sort of a goopy sauce and a crispy wing that makes it just, uh, besides being delicious, uh, it's just fun to eat when you have that textural change. A contrast. So our 14-year-old's favorite dish um, was the radish and beef soup, and it's on page 194 in the cookbook. Can you describe this? Uh, and it's funny that your son likes that, because my son, who's 11, that's his favorite breakfast dish. Uh, <laughs> it's a soothing, comfortable dish that you can eat a lot of, because it's not spicy, it's not really peppery, it's not really too salty either. And you can have it with rice. It'll hydrate you uh, in the morning. Yeah, it's my son's favorite. And it's it's funny, it's your son's favorite too. (laughs) But, But I just have to say, everything in the meal kit is amazing. There's nothing we didn't like. Everyone in New York needs to order it. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you so much. You know, it's tough because my my staff, we were not used to making 160 portions of anything at the same time. Uh, we became a almost a banquet kitchen where we've never done banquet-style food. Uh, we, we always make one or two servings a la minute when people order it. And, and it took us a couple of weeks to learn how to do it the right way. But we're, we're, we're pretty comfortable now. So all of my cooks, my staff, we're, we're very technically, I think, uh, there when it comes to making these meal kits. So I got so excited when I saw that article come out in May that said kimchi could make it difficult for the coronavirus to penetrate the body. Did you see Uh, that article? I didn't read the whole article because it's something that I believe from a long time ago. It's something that I posted even in April. A healthy gut biome is so critical in in your immune system. So I I made that connection a while back when uh, there's an article about kimchi uh, or any kind of probiotic dishes helping to fight off uh, bacterial and viral uh, diseases. It's, you know, it's something Koreans have known for a long time. So does going back to Korea as an adult make you feel like you're a kid again? I used to come to Korea for vacation, for fun, to eat. Uh, I did have more of a connection to my past. I saw relatives. Um, I visited uh, father's grave. Uh, and his uh, 
homeland, Rwanda. Uh, but this time, not so much. I don't travel. I won't dare to try to visit my father's island, Hwando, just because it's not safe. The restaurants in Korea are all closed by 9 p.m. Uh, as far as I know, schools are still closed. You know, this world has changed. You know, my trips to Korea was something that I, I always look forward to. Uh, and when I was here, every minute... That I was stuck in my hotel room, I felt like I was missing out on another meal or visiting another city. Uh, but now it's serious, so I'm just being very careful. On a lighter note, this week <laughs> in your heat and serve meal kit, you are offering for the first time, I think, your 120 day kimchi stew. Tell us about that. Second time, because oh. the first time we offered it was, I think, when we first started. Yeah, it's it's a very deep, deep, acidic kimchi flavor. And when it's over two, three months, when it's 120 days, I don't like to eat it just straight or I wouldn't say raw, but just the kimchi as a banchan, as a cold uh, dish. Um, I feel better cooking it because the flavors are just so bold, so strong. I do feel like I need to balance it out with, in this case, pork fat and uh, and an anchovy broth um, and some tofu uh, to uh, make it not so bold. Yeah, it's it's delicious and I consider it medicine. But yeah, I'm excited to be able to uh, offer it again after, uh, what is it, four months now since the last time we offered it. Well, that's how long it took for us to have 120 day old kimchi again. <laughs> yeah. So this season on the podcast, I have a segment called Last Night's Dinner. What did you eat for dinner last night? You know, the same thing I've been having for the past three weeks. I, I don't go out to dinner. So in my hotel, there's a toshirak system. Toshirak means like a little bento box where they give you uh, a balanced meal. And for me, uh, because I have a gluten sensitivity, basically it's a vegetable ragu <laughs> with uh, French fries and a salad and some cheese for dessert. Yeah, it's not exciting. It's not something that I want to brag about. It's not Korean, uh, but I'm just glad that they're giving me something because uh, I am not able to venture out to restaurants because... I am here to do a job and I cannot risk not just myself, but my entire, you know, the staff that we're working with and the entire show if something horrible happens to me. So I'm just uh, doing another quarantine by myself in my hotel and so Where can we find you on the web and social media? Um, you can find everything about my book, my restaurants, and me at hoonikim.com, H-O-O-N-I-K-I-M.com. But I think I am the most active on my Instagram, which is hoonikim uh, as well, H-O-O-N-I-K-I-M. And I think next week is when the restrictions will uh, ease up a little bit, and I will start venturing out to as many Korean restaurants as possible. So, it, you know, my, my feet gets a little bit more exciting next week, and I hope you can uh, join me. I will close with a quote that you translated on your Instagram, and it goes, Effort will never betray you. The truth reveals itself through flavor. Thank you so much, Huni, for coming back on Cookery by the Book podcast. Thank you so much for having me again, Susie.
subscribe over on cookerybythebook.com. And thanks for listening to the number one cookbook podcast, Cookery by the Book.